HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Bonnie knows when you plant something, it keeps on giving. Growing from friend to neighbor to community. Generations of gardeners have trusted Bonnie for fresh, healthy vegetable and herb plants. Rely on Bonnie for quality plants, help, and support. Bonnie, gardening with you since 1918. BonniePlants.com You are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, hey, it's Eat Your Words on Heritage Radio. I'm your host, Kathy Arroway, and it's time to tear into another delicious cookbook. I'm so excited because summer is almost here, and I've got the author, Patty Ginich, on the phone. She's the author of Patty's Mexican Table, also the PBS show of the same name. How are you? I'm very good, Kathy. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, thanks so much. Um, I know you're great on TV. You have this new book. You have a blog. But uh, have you been on, have you had a radio show by any chance? You know what? I do not have my own radio show Mm -hmm. at all. But let me tell you something. I think radio is the medium that I love the most. Yeah? That's great. Yeah, and so I think that is because, you know, when you do any, I mean, I, I like all of the things that I do, and I like the challenges that every medium poses, but in radio, you can just sit and connect with everything that you want to say. You can have a thorough and profound conversation, and the people that are listening in can really let their imagination fly. You know, like if I'm cracking an egg or if I'm stirring my cup of coffee, every listener can just take it to wherever they want. It's as deep as their mind can go, whereas on TV, you have to try to look good, talk good, food has to look good, you have to be entertaining, and then 
people can go as deep as you're showing them on the mm-hmm. screen, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's that that the visual seems to take over. So I hear what you're saying. Exactly. That's pretty cool. So, and I'm also glad that nobody can see how uh, messed up my hair looks today. No. Um, <laughs> I'm so, so glad they, they can't see how I'm looking today. <laughs> but, um, hey, maybe you're cooking right now. Uh, is there anything uh, delicious on your stove? So, you know what I made this morning? I love eggs. I think eggs are mm, a big too. thing in Mexican cooking. You know, we can take them in so many directions. It's it's an ingredient that you will find anywhere in the country, north, south, east, west, in very humble homes, right. very humble restaurants or very high-end restaurants. And, um, and not just, just for breakfast, up. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not just for breakfast, exactly. So, for example, in the cookbook that you have in your hands, I hope, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) I have a frittata um, that has potatoes and poblano chilies, and you can use queso fresco or feta cheese. Mm. Um, But this morning, I made sort of a variation. You know, everybody knows huevos rancheros, I think, right? Yes, huevos rancheros. Delicious. Well, brunch. <laughs> yep. So you have the eggs that are sitting on top of a tortilla. It can be fried or toasted. And then you have this chunky sauce that's made with cooked onion and jalapeno or serrano chilies and tomatoes until it all comes together. Mm-hmm. But what I like to do and what I did this morning is I make the chunks chunkier and bigger. And Ooh. so I cook the onion. And, yeah, and I, I cook the onion, and I don't add anything to the skillet until that onion has given in and turned from being pungent and raw and, you know, like in your face mm-hmm. to mellow and sort of sweet and browned. Mm. And then I add chopped fresh chilies, jalapenos, and I let that cook for a little, and then I add... A lot of chopped tomatoes with everything, with the mm-hmm. skin, with the core, with the seeds, all of that goes in there. And I let it cook until it becomes like pasty, you know, mm-hmm. dry. So the water comes out and once it starts drying, you can picture it, right? Sort of yeah. pasty, mushy. Mm-hmm. And then I scramble some eggs. Before I add the eggs, I chopped some zucchini, chopped, you know, like in small dice. I added it to the tomato mix. And then added the scrambled eggs. And it's like this messy huevos a la mexicana kind of a thing, but it's more filling because you have the zucchini and that you just cook until it's tender. So anyway, that's what I had for breakfast. Oh my gosh, that sounds great. And I love how, <laughs> how you cook the zucchini just cooked and then the rest, of, like some of the other veggies are more, um, you know, more soft, um, but Perfect. Uh, I need to eat that yeah. soon. <laughs> but and you, you know, know what? The other mm-hmm. thing about Mexican cooking is the, the cuisine is so accommodating. Like if you have squash blossoms, yeah. if you have mushrooms, if you, you can just drop it in there, whatever you want. Uh, yeah, yeah. And like that's one thing that speaks throughout your book. Um, you know, the, the subtitle of the book is, sorry, what is it? I'm so sorry. Here we go. It is <laughs> the secrets of real Mexican home cooking. And I love how every day and just, you know, like you said, I, I'm going to chop them, you know, bigger this time. And that's a lot easier than trying to, you know, give everything a fine dice or something. And uh, and, and it just seems um, each dish in here just seems very natural, 
very quick for the most part to to do and i I think that's i love that you got that sense because that's one of the main things that i was trying to do with the book kathy Mm -hmm. to show people the universe of food that exists in mexican homes that unfortunately it hasn't come across, you know, this side of the border because, you know, just a few things have become so popular and then a little bit transformed. But most of what Mexican people eat in their homes, no matter if the Mexican kitchen is in Mexico or anywhere in the world, because now you can find the ingredients everywhere, it's um, fast, easy, very, you know, humble, low-key things that are fast to make, People don't think that Mexican cooking is healthy, and most oh. of what you find is healthy and wholesome. You know, we have tons of vegetarian options. Or to give you an example, mm-hmm. who would think that there are salads in the Mexican repertoire? Um, taco salads? Does that count? <laughs> I, that I don't know what that is. is. <laughs> I love it that you said that, because... I'm going to take you to Mexico, Kathy, uh-huh. and we're going to go around the country, and you will not find a single <laughs> taco salad. You know, tacos are tacos, and they're fabulous, and they're as many as you can think of. And salads are just exotic and fabulous and fresh and interesting, and there are so many. But you know what I realized? Mm-hmm. that Mexican salads haven't become so popular or well-known in the U.S. or outside of Mexico because in Mexico, you know, it all comes to perception and definition. We don't call them salads. So, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. we only call ensalada or salad something that has lettuce. But any other salad, for example, in the book I have um, chayote squash salad. Oh, that looks or I great. Have which is the easiest thing you can make. And uh-huh, tayote squash uh-huh. is just low-fat and healthy and delicious. And um, I have another salad that's jicama, beets, and orange in a very light vinaigrette with caramelized peanuts. Yum. And in Mexico, we don't call them salads. Like the chayote squash salad, for example, it, in Mexico, you would just say chayotitos. Exactly. Or, yeah. or chayotes en vinagre, you know? Uh-huh. It's like a side. Yeah, I totally see what you're saying. And, um, you know, the abundance of fresh, really diverse vegetables, thanks to the climate, is so great that, you know, it's a big part of the diet. Um, and you're talking a little bit about quick foods. Um, yeah. I have tried making a mole poblano. and <laughs> You did? <laughs> right. It is um, quite an epic chore but it's delicious and it is it is rooted you know in these um um, very humble components like stale tortillas and you know some dried chilies um it's it's amazing in its depth of flavor but also you know this is a whole lighter side and more fresher side that's what i see in your book and um exactly so for example you're saying the mole poblano and that of course takes like 30 ingredients but you know those kinds of dishes, of course, in Mexican cooking, there's the laborious, complex dishes. But those, Kathy, it's very interesting because they're like community meals. Like people will right. make a mole poblano for a quinceañera, for a wedding, and people will get together and make that communal sauce. And then 
they'll make a huge batch mm-hmm. and then you use it for the wedding one night and then two days later for enchiladas and three days later for you know over some rice or with eggs and but there's dozens and dozens hello patty are you with us yikes We'll be back right after this uh, short little musical interlude with hopefully more from Patty Jeanig. Please don't say you love me when you do how you do. Please don't say you care Girl, I know you've been untrue Well, it ain't hard to tell You've been seeing somebody new So please don't kiss and hug me The way he wants you to I said the way he wants you to something it keeps on giving growing from friend to neighbor to community generations of gardeners have trusted bonnie for fresh healthy vegetable and herb plants rely on bonnie for quality plants help and support bonnie gardening with you since 1918 bonnieplants.com all right we're back on air how are you patty I'm good. Glad you're glad you're back with us. Um, so we are talking, uh, and uh, you were just mentioning a little bit about the diversity of you know fresh ingredients versus long, laborious stocks or uh, sorry uh, sauces, and you know what kind of events like weddings you might make that for. Um, speaking of events, um, so Cinco de Mayo is coming up, and I know you grew up in Mexico City. Um, can you tell me, did anything happen on Cinco de Mayo when you were growing up there? Did you celebrate? You are touching up on some great subjects. Uh-huh. Let me tell you that Cinco de Mayo is a huge deal, the side of the border. Yes. You know, Mexicans, we always look at each other like, what is going on here? Because <laughs> <laughs> in Mexico, Cinco de Mayo is a very small, mm. localized in Puebla. Exactly. It takes place in Puebla where the Mexicans won over a huge French army. And, you know, it was a very short-lived victory. I think it was two days and then the French won right back. But um, we celebrate, you know, we celebrated the Mexican resilience, etc. And in Mexico, it's not a big holiday. People don't take time off. Outside of Puebla, it's not a big celebration. But somehow, 
how, you know, this lost in translation thing, um, Cinco de Mayo has become this huge thing. And many people have asked me if it is our Independence Day, you know, if it is Mexico's 4th of July. Wait, it's and not September. Independence Day? I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, so Mexico's Independence Day is in September. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's not a day where you eat lots of taco salad and nacho supreme on... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, what, what has happened is that, of course, every Mexican abroad is thrilled because we mm-hmm. love to celebrate anything that can be celebrated. Yeah, it's a great you time know, of year. It's a great time of year. Any excuse to cook Mexican food <laughs> and celebrate Mexican music and celebrate Mexicanness, you know, we all love it, but we sort of like... <laughs> They'll look at each other like, huh, how did this happen? Is there any um, uh, regional or classic dishes that are associated with that day? Yes, of course. Well, mm-hmm. many foods from Puebla. And Puebla is really one of the biggest culinary hubs in Mexico. Okay. So there's a lot to choose from. So, for example, the chicken tinga. Yeah. Chicken tinga. Tinga means it's just like a fun little sounding it, word? or Yeah, it is. That, that's what I... Red. <laughs> it is a fun little word, and even you know, my kids. We were talking about it, and I asked my boys, "So, where do you think that tinga comes from?" And my middle one said, "Of course, it was a man's name, right?" <laughs> so, no, <laughs> it's nobody's last name. It's one of those catchy words mm-hmm. that nobody knows where they come from, but they're catchy and fun. And the word does refer to a kind of a dish, which involves a kind of protein, typically chicken or pork, and then it's cooked in a sauce that usually will have tomatoes, a combination of spices, like simple, easy, just a few, and the basic ingredient is the chipotles in adobo sauce. Oh, yum, chipotles. Yeah. So that's tinga. Yum. So that's tinga. And, and again, you know, just to show how Mexican cooking is just like us Mexicans, you know, accommodating. You put mm-hmm. us in one place, we're fine. You put us in another, we're just as well. <laughs> the chicken tinga, you can eat it with a side of rice, white rice, brown rice, green rice, you know, whatever, or beans. If you have leftover chicken, the chicken tinga waits beautifully in the refrigerator. Like it really, it gets better with time. So in a couple of days, you can make tingadillas, you know, quesadillas with chicken Ooh. tinga. Or a taco. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Or tacos, you know, tinga tacos. Or you can make a sandwich with crusty bread. You spoon some of that tinga and some slices of ripe avocado. That's what I think yeah. are the, make the best fillings for tacos and sandwiches anyway, is the leftovers from something tasty. Rather you than, know, you know, yes, just and yeah, dry, you know, roasted or chicken breast or some sort like that <laughs> sliced up. Yeah, absolutely, like something moist with a sauce. Somebody was telling me, Patty, the portions in your cookbook are large. You know, they're so large. The portions, Should we yeah. cut the recipes in half? And I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, in the introduction of the book, I purposely say. You know, leftovers are such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's many things that you can repurpose. So you please put don't it. cut the recipe in half. <laughs> you could put it in a, uh, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting. What is the corn? Tostada? To- yeah, you could put it in a tostada um, uh, tamale. That's what I meant to say. Right? Of course, you okay. can put it in a tamale, you can wow. put it in a torta, a sandwich, a tostada. Can you imagine like a grilled cheese with chicken tinga? 
Oh my gosh. Delicious. Yeah. No, it's really good. I mean, and just like chicken tinga, there's, you know, like I think Cinco de Mayo food really should be food that can be put out there on the table and then everybody can have fun and you don't right, worry yeah. about if it's too hot or too cold. And these kinds of things can be eaten just lukewarm or, you know, barely warm. So you have the chicken tinga, you have rice, you have beans, you have guacamole. You can have different kinds of tortilla for, you know, I think it's a 50-50 thing. Some mm-hmm. prefer the corn tortilla, some prefer the flour tortilla, and then people can do whatever they want with their tortillas if they want to do a taco. Own. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember those parties, taco parties. That was like a sort of, is that an authentic uh, tradition um, from your, you know, background? Absolutely. Okay. And we yeah. call them taquisas. Taquisas. Taquisa, which means just tacos everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we have the same with tamales, tamaliza. You know, when people uh-huh. eat tamales in Mexico, you usually don't just have one. You have mole tamales, green tamales, red tamales, vegetable tamales, and then you also have sweet tamales. The, the same thing happens with a taquisa. You have the different kinds of feelings that you can make ahead of time, like mm-hmm. the tinga or the charro beans or chilorio or... I have a dish in the cookbook, too, for rajas con crema, you know, poblano chilies. And oh, there's yeah. another myth. Uh-huh. Another um, myth? Another myth that I'm trying to myth. break down. That You know, chilies are not always spicy. They can be like vegetables because not all of them are spicy. Oh, like medium. poblano. Yeah. Exactly. That pretty mild. Have you tried rajas? Have you tried poblano chilies with, cooked with onion and cream and cheese? Um, no, but wait, what is it called so again? It's like, it's like melted queso, but with poblano rajas. That sounds delicious. It is so good. So listen, you have your chicken, your chilorio, your beans, your guacamole, your rajas, and then you just have your warm tortillas inside of a kitchen towel, so they'll mm-hmm. stay warm. And then people can just make their own tacos. And all you need to do as a host is keep on warming those tortillas whenever you run out of them. Right, exactly. Oh, yum. yeah. You know, I'm going to have to plant some poblano peppers because I find them hard to come by sometimes in the summer. And yes, it's time and, to plant. Yeah, and, you know, can I tell you what happened to mm-hmm. me, Kathy, last summer? Yeah. So <laughs> I started planting my own chilies, uh-huh. um, jalapenos and serranos and tomatoes oh, so and easy, tomatoes. Right? Yeah. Oh, so easy. They're just so forgiving and kind. It's like so many grow out of a single <laughs> right. plant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the tomatoes and the tomatillos were great. The jalapenos mm-hmm. and the serranos, I mean, they were fine, but I used to call them, like, joke with my neighbors who used to see me, you know, cutting the chilies from my plants. I used mm-hmm. to say these are like my gringo peppers because... <laughs> They're not just because of the soil and the weather, like something happens and they're just not as feisty. Oh, that's funny. It's very interesting. So I planted poblanos too, and, um, and they were delicious, delicious tasting, but definitely milder. So I don't know if it was the seeds that I got mm-hmm. or if it was just that I planted them here in <laughs> Washington, D.C., you know? Well, it's a good thing, as you said, Mexican food is very accommodating. So, you know, to to a new terroir, perhaps, um, <laughs> a, different, a different whole breed of plants. Exactly, exactly. Um, so tell me a little bit about Pozole Rojo. Um, yeah. oh. It's such one of the most gorgeous, and I have to say, all the photos in your 
book are really gorgeous, but this this one just really stuck out to me. So, yes, you uh, sound excited too. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me tell you, the food photography, I was very, very lucky to work with Penny de los Santos because she's just incredible. She really captured, the, I think, the colors and the flavors of the food. Um the Pozole Rojo is a big party dish. That's another thing yeah. that you can do for Cinco de Mayo. It okay. is, it's a one-pot meal. But yes. just to show how healthy and wholesome Mexican can, food can be, I mean, you have that soup that has a cacahuacintle corn, which is a huge corn kernels. That the hominy. Such a, the hominy, Yeah. yeah. And, it's a whole um, grain, you too. Can it's good buy, for you. You, know, you can yeah. find it dry and cook it until mm-hmm. it blooms, or you can buy it canned and already cooked, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. They look kind of like garbanzo beans, so it's easy to confuse them, almost. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. But you can look for the name. They go for either maiz mote, M-O-T-E, or mm-hmm. um, hominy. And, you know, they have so much flavor, and so you cook them with chicken broth, and then you make these sauce that I give in the book. So you have different kinds of pozole, white, red, green. I am a fan of red pozole, and you make these very simple sauce with guajillo, guajillo chilies, which okay. can be very easy to find. Yeah, the you know, either ones. online or not. Can you find mm-hmm. them in New York? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you make this very simple sauce, and which is like a seasoning sauce that you add to the soup, and that's it. And then it's a lot of fun because you can give people their bowls with mm-hmm. pozole, which have the corn and shredded chicken and the delicious chicken broth spiced up with the guajillo sauce. And then in the table, you place bowls with shredded lettuce and sliced radishes. I'm a big fan of radishes. Mm-hmm. Um, oregano, some more dried chili, fresh squeezed lime juice, and it's just this super healthy bowl of right. raw vegetables. And, and and the combination is sort of, people sometimes don't ex- understand how you can have a really hot soup and then <laughs> add the fresh no, sliced what ingredients about avocados top. and maybe a little bit of, uh, I don't know, tomato, fresh tomato. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it works it's really like a whole well. salad on that kind of like slowly sinks into the soup, right? Exactly, exactly. The salad sinks into the soup, and then you have these ongoing experience. Because when you start with the soup, you start with the fresh ingredients on top. You start eating the soup. By the end, everything has blended into the spiced up broth, you mm. know? Yeah, it's got more dressing, you could say. <laughs> it, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Well, that sounds delicious. So um, is there any favorite? I guess we went over a few different um, of, of my favorite recipes, but do you have a favorite recipe from the book that you just can't wait to, to share? It was like one of the biggest reasons why you whole, wrote this whole book. And um, Well, like just, I will tell you one, one recipe that is really very meaningful to me is a Tarascan bean soup that's in there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's um, a hearty... Pinto a bean soup that's cooked with um, roasted tomatoes. It's very easy to make, and it is also has the characteristic garnishes that people okay. can customize yeah. to their taste. And that is just, um, you know, feeling, nurturing, super tasty soup that you can eat it the day you make it. You can you store the leftovers, and again, it's very kind and generous, and it'll be just as good whenever you reheat it. And 
I, I don't know. I, I love that soup. It comes from the state of Michoacán, which I really, really like, and it's one of the Mexican regional cuisines that I think not many people know, and it's mm-hmm. also very homey and simple. I I love that soup. Yeah, that looks great, healthy and simple. So, yeah. um, Patty, I know you're a bit of a career changer, as you explain in your book. Um, you were working in public policy and, uh, you know, decided, and you were raising three sons and you decided to just get more and more involved in cooking and now you have a tv show this is your first (laughs) book congrats Um, thank you kathy yeah so so tell me a little bit are you gonna are you gonna go back into the world of uh no never no no, never with food to stay (laughs) i I like because i meet Mm -hmm. um former colleagues and we will start talking about you know, a topic that I used to deal before, you know, they will ask me, what do you think of Mexico's new president? And I'm like, I can't tell you what I think his favorite <laughs> meal is, you know? Um, it's Everything's just, through I mean, food. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, was, it wasn't an easy change, Kathy, to be mm-hmm. honest. I, it took a year of hesitation and really, you know, at night thinking, how can I do this? I've devoted so many years in training in this area, and I have three kids, and how can I switch now, you know? And um, and my dad used to tell me, I can't believe we put you through college. It wasn't an easy thing, and now you're going to go and win spots, you know? Humble peasant food, now you're talking <laughs> Exactly, yeah. and I have such a, yeah, and, and, and it was tough, you know, my expectations and my family's expectations. It was a lot of zigzagging, but mm-hmm. once I made the jump, um... I've never looked back, and although I, you know, my dad always tells me too, you know, all those wasted years, and the truth is that all those research skills, um, I love researching, I'm like incredibly mm-hmm. curious, and um, I really, I, lo- I can't begin to tell you how much I love to research, um, but all those research skills and all that I learned about Mexico's history and culture and institutions and Migration, immigration patterns of people and communities, and served me so much. Like really inform my researching of food and recipes, and trying to understand, you know, where a dish comes from, why is it, how has it survived, you know, throughout the generations, and then it also gives me a lot of backbone when I'm trying to do new things with Mexican ingredients. How much I can stretch their use, because. I've researched a lot about how that ingredient has been used for generations, yeah. and then I see, you know? Yeah, it all, it's like a fun, yeah, research yeah. project. Yeah. That's so cool. No, 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 not going back. Not no, going back. Not going I, I only back. wish for many more years um, to be able to do this, you know? And, and, you know, and you mentioned in your blog that there's so much more food to discover all the time that um, you're just going to keep reporting. I love reading about your new discoveries, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> on your blog online. So so congrats to that, and I can't wait to read more about the ever-expanding world of food that you research. Ah, thank you so much, Kathy. Thanks so much, Patty. I guess that's about all the time we have, but check out pattysmexicantable.com. I see you have some events coming up um, centered around the book. And, yes, uh, I'm coming to New York. I'm I coming see to that. New York. New York of uh, La Casa Azul Bookstore on yes. May 4th. So check that out, all you listeners out there. And thanks again to Patty Jinnick, and thanks everyone at Heritage Radio Network. We'll see you next week.
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.